0: Heads Up Guides is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent their depression. This is a dedicated online tool devoted to helping men get the help that they need, finding someone to talk to, and navigate difficult times. For more information, please head over to headsupguys.org. And by Beneath, starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at beneath.com. That's B N 3 T H.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Brass and Unity podcast. I'm here with a special guest, the Marine Rapper. This guy is seriously coming out hot out of the gate. I first learned about the Marine Rapper through a gentleman named Topher. They had this incredible song come out called The Patriot. I got immediately hooked all the way up in Canada. I was beyond obsessed the second I heard it. And after that, I can't help but follow this incredible talent. So everyone, please welcome the Marine Rapper. Hello, darling.
1: What's going on? What's up, everybody?
0: Oh, man, I'm good. How are you doing? How are you doing?
1: I'm outstanding. I'm refreshed because I totally hibernated yesterday. And nice. so I had to, you know, get my energy back up and that did the trick. So I'm feeling real good today and I get to interview with you. Dope. What a blessing. I really appreciate Dope. it.
0: Well, thank you' I'm, I'm uh that, that means a lot coming from you I I know that you get a lot of opportunities to talk to a lot of different people and I know that you are a busy busy guy you've got a lot going on your new song that came out holy war is incredible you've had some serious shout outs from everybody from you know Chris Pratt to all the amazing major billboard that you've been working with before I mean you're a 15-time billboard artist you are a two-time combat veteran which I respect even more than the billboard I'm sorry that's just me but when it comes down to seeing the number one billboard rap song number two r&b and number six overall sir slow clap that's what you get oh
1: well, thank you thank you i appreciate it Dude. i love the slow cl- i love the slow clap because i'm able to see those those uh tattoos you got on your palms
0: oh yeah yeah that's, that's-, that's
1: crazy how, how did that feel talk about well, feelings
0: know- oh well yeah right i don't have any that's why <laughs> No, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm quite heavily tattooed. I actually have the bottom of my feet tattooed as well. So for Ooh. me, yeah, it, it was, I knew what it was going to be. I, I got the opportunity to go do some crazy type of healing in January. And I got some messages from some, uh, some of my, you know, my deities and my people. And I was like, you know what? I need to honor yeah. that in a way that just really resonated with me. And so that's what these turned out to be. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. So which yeah, one, which you. one was more, you're welcome. Which one was more, uh, painful underneath your feet or in your hands?
0: I'm going to go with hands and here's why Wow! they did these knuckle. I'm not giving you the finger. So just know that before it. I, it's on my middle yeah, finger. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you. So mm-hmm. the knuckle points on the middle of my finger, they're right underneath where you bend. And so, yeah. They go so deep on those that you can feel it in your soul a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. so the irony that you felt it in your soul, even in your hands. Sir. So
0: <laughs> you get it, but I'm but there's a joke somewhere in everything <laughs> I do, darling. I'm there, I'm really there is. I'm Yes, there is. And I'm really excited to talk to you because, uh, you are a two-time combat veteran and I'm also a combat veteran. So I want to learn a little bit about what you did, um, in the military, but I also want to know how you were able to take combat veteran. First off that often, when you leave the military leaves you with zero life skills, zero skills to succeed outside the military and a lack of help from the, uh, from the forces. And so I want to know, I want to know everything I want to know why you joined let's start with that and then how you okay. got into music
1: okay let's Hit take me. a trip back to memory lane <laughs> to it, baby.
0: <laughs>
1: so basically I joined the marine corps um because I wanted to become a man because at the time I was working at taco bell as a rapper like literally I was wrapping up tacos I was a rapper at taco bell um
0: and Sorry.
1: I, yeah crazy right isn't that like a crazy like marvel story yeah. or something I was a rapper at, at taco bell and Um, But I didn't even get to that point yet. At first, I just worked at Taco Bell. And I always noticed that I was always washing the dishes in the back. And anytime I wanted to be trained, I was never trained specifically because they told me i had to wash all the dishes first before i ever get to work on the food or cook because that was a more prestigious type of thing so i wanted to elevate my career even in taco bell as a teenager and stuff like that but they're just like you have to finish the dishes first and i was like man every time i come here i never can work on food specifically because i never can finish the dishes on time before my shift ends and i was like Mm -hmm. oh they have no choice to train me if I finish the dishes faster. So I just That's found right. out a better way to, to do the dishes. So I did it faster and then I got on the line and then I start became a rapper. And then I eventually became a manager of Taco Bell, but then I was just like, mm, this ain't enough. And concurrently I was going to school uh, for drafting. So one of my degrees, so you hear me on um, Holy war talking about my degrees. One of my mm-hmm. degrees is actually in drafting. Like I, I actually do blueprints and things like that on top of everything else. So, yeah, so I was doing that. Um, going to school, working at Taco Bell. Then I graduated um, from school and I was like, oh, okay, now I can quit Taco Bell because I won't need it. I can just be a drafter. I go to interview and they kept saying I was overqualified. And I was like, how am I overqualified? You invited me here for an interview for an entry level position. You know, I just graduated. How am I overqualified? And it just seemed like things changed when they like met me. Cause I, okay. you know, you know, you, I mean, if you see me online, I'm just, you know, just a different type of dude. You know what I mean? So I was just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Um, and then I was just like down in my dumps. Um, and I was like, I can't quit Taco Bell. But if I'm not in a certain place where I want to be in my life, I'm gonna join the military. But if I join the military, I need to go all the way. And all the way for us Americans is Marine Corps, just straight up Marine Corps, because we Who get it's crazy. We get, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I wanted to do something, you know, to make me into a man. So this is where that whole thing, mm-hmm. becoming a man type of thing, because a lot of the times I grew up with my mom being a single mother and stuff like that. And she had okay. to the the mother and the father. And I'm pretty sure you can relate being a, a woman, you know, yeah. you guys responsibilities is being, you know, mother and motherly and caring yeah. and stuff like that. But then juxtaposition is she was also hard too on me. You know what I mean? So it was like she, she was both. juggling both with five kids.
0: Oh my God, I have one and that is enough. Five and she did it by herself. That woman deserves a medal on her own.
1: Oh, she's, that's why you hear the Patriot. I said, my mama told me that the, that's why, that's why I start out with my mama told me that this day would come. I'm like my father go to combat with the Blazing guns. That's, that's why simple. I say yeah. that because because my my, again, my dad was a Marine too. I mean, my dad's a Marine too and uh, just not active duty, but okay. um, she's, all, she's always saying, oh, you're like your father. You're like your father, you're like your father. And then um, so that was always something that she implanted in my head. But um, like I said, it was hard for her to do both because she had to be soft and hard at the same time, especially, you know, being on government assistance. Uh, sometimes we had lights cut off, water cut off. We did homework underneath the candle, but she always told us that we were rich of the mind. She's like, you guys are rich. You guys are kings, you guys are queens. You know what I mean? My, I have a sister too, so you guys are rich. You're kings, you guys are up kings and up queens. So imagine. She's telling a little boy this while we're in the dark doing our homework underneath the candlelight, things like that, those type of things where we're hungry, where we have we're eating government cheese, where we're eating the, you know, the bag cereal, things like that, all the cheap type of stuff. Spend a night over my I was spending night over my friend's house because I knew they were cooking and I knew we didn't have food. So I would spend a night, stuff like that. Um, I would get water from different faucets and stuff when we didn't have water, things like that. So we grew up like that, right? So my mom had to balance that with five different kids, right? Um, But yet I felt a void and I felt alone because not only I'm the oldest, but I felt like I didn't have an opportunity to grow up and be a man because I was also watching my younger brothers and my sister because my mom had to work. You know what I'm saying? You were help raising the children. Exactly. So I didn't get to raise myself. Does that make sense? No, I didn't get to raise myself.
0: Honestly, I talk about this a lot. Like I talk to, uh, I'm very fortunate in who I get to have conversations with. And I do talk to a lot of different people, whether it be psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, my own treatment team, uh, a lot of friends and family who are my single parents. And and I hear these stories. This isn't like the first time I've heard them. And what I find the most uh, interesting and takeaway from it is it's a mindset thing. And so if your mother didn't set you up with that mindset that you're a king, that your sister's a queen, that you are rich of the mind, Mindset, that you can do anything you want. There's no way that you would have come out of that. And so when you say like, I get, you know, I did whatever it took. It sounds like you did whatever it took from a very early age. You sacrificed your childhood to help your mother raise your brothers and sisters. And that right there shows the type of man to me right there that says that you don't need to go anywhere to be a man. You were already a man in that life. You didn't need to go prove it to anybody else. You were already doing that.
1: Wow. This is like Wizard of Oz.
0: Bro, I got you. <laughs> I got you thank you i really appreciate
1: it you're laying down the golden bricks of foundation i love it but it's true
0: oh,
1: all facts you already had the courage you already had the strength you already you had the it. brain that's crazy that's right and and so that's but that's why i drew, joined the marine corps i joined the marine corps because i wanted to be a man and i knew they would train me like, like physically and and, and mentally mm-hmm. and, and teach me how to shoot and stuff like that things that i thought that things that i thought manly. that i needed at the time yeah uh-huh. manly things you know what i mean so now I know how to shoot. Now, you know, now I know that I've been around the world and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I, that's why I joined the military. Got it. Um, and then what year was where this? Where do you want to go now?
0: Wait, this, what year was you, this?
1: When I joined the military? Yeah. I joined the Marines in
0: 2004. 2004. And when were your deployments?
1: My deployments was 2006 through 2007 and all of 2008. Um, it's crazy because when I, in 2008, when I went to Afghanistan, like we were on uh, Kandahar, uh, yeah, Kandahar, and then we also went to Camp Bastion. So I dealt with, and I worked with a lot of Canadian troops.
0: Yeah, you did. Welcome to Bastion, brother. I know all about that place. So you, know yeah, you-, you know Bastion.
1: You know. Oh yeah, right?
0: yeah, yeah. We when we flew in, we flew into Kandahar as well. But you know what's really ironic is you went to the Canucks and I went to the yeah. Americans. I went out to Ramrod. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, Ramrod.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. We switched. Like I went to, yeah. I, yes. hey, I love it. And you guys would tell me about uh what Tim Hortons. Is, is that what you guys. Yeah. That's Hortons, a, that's
0: what's up. Yeah. The Tim Hortons. Hortons. And
1: uh all the, just all the Canadian stuff. And that's what I loved about it. And it's crazy. I have a song called um, Purge that I did back in the day. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, I don't know if you heard that one, but it's like, I'm talking about, I said, I broke bread with the British and I'm saying that and saying that in a statement, like, Hey, we were able to break bread. With British, Canadian, Afghan interpreters, Americans mm-hmm. of all types of races, creeds, genders, religions, whatever, mm-hmm. on Fourth of July, mind you, <laughs> right? And then, and then everybody looked at me, and I said, "Don't look at me, I wouldn't have been here." And you know, laughing, you know, poking fun at the history and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like military humor. Some people don't get it. They're like, "Oh, that's kind of dark," but it's just it's no, we, no. We, we use that.
0: Dark yeah. humor is uh, dark humor for people who don't quite understand. I mean, a lot of my listeners do. We do have a decent amount of military listeners and vets, and yeah. and. They have- Understand, you know, there's something when you, when you're going through something, you've been through something, it's a coping mechanism. It doesn't always mean what you're saying it, you know, what it doesn't have the weight that it needs to have with it. Like we mm-hmm. say a lot of things that people are like, Whoa, like that is like next level dark. And it's like, no, actually <laughs> that made me giggle to the point where I almost peed my pants like that. That was yeah. funny to me. And so I understand the dark humor and I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with having uh, an outlook like that. If it helps lift somebody's psyche, mental health and their spirits, then I'm all for dark humor, it my way i'm down for that so when you deployed what so you put po- deployed as a marine now was that just straight infantry for you or did you do any other types of positions
1: so i'm like a hybrid so have you seen full metal jacket
0: yeah who hasn't
1: so it, yeah so the main character if you if you've seen him he's he's actually his, his title is combat correspondent so he's a yeah. journalist that got attached to infantry so how the marine corps works is you go to boot camp You become a marine and then they assign you a job you know it could be just regular straight up infantry or it can be a journalist and i was a journalist um so what happened was after that point after they make you a journalist after you go to school for journalists and they teach you photography and all that type of stuff they say okay we are going to send you to a certain unit based off of your abilities right so they're like right so they're like so they're like hey you run fast you're in shape you move quick and all that type of stuff we're going to send you to a really prestigious unit. So pause for a second. Mind you, I grew up in Oceanside, California. I don't know if you've ever been there, but Oceanside, oh, yeah. California, Oceanside, California is right outside the base called Camp Pendleton. Camp yeah. So I grew up in a military town at yeah. Camp Pendleton. Like yeah. seeing Marines. And I, I didn't like Marines because the ones I saw were the idiots out in town getting drunk and being stupid, yeah, right? The- I didn't like yeah, like, yeah, they think, yeah, mm-hmm. w- yeah, with, you know, part of their uniform on and stuff and just being silly and drunk just and sloppy on the town.
0: Disrespectful. So that was, yeah. that was
1: my perception of Marines. Got but it. then I learned later that wasn't all Marines. It was just the ones I saw because the good Correct. Marines were at home with their wives and things.
0: And kids the bad and Marines,
1: like chilling. And kids. Uh-huh. So the other ones that I saw were like the young 19 year olds who, you know, just bought a car and went to waste all their uh, paycheck that weekend. That's the ones that I saw. So I thought Marines were stupid. (laughs) So now fast forward. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, Marines are dumb, man. And then I fast forward back to uh, my journalism school when they're giving me my orders to where they're going to send me. They're saying, hey, we're going to send you to a prestigious unit. It's called First Marine Division. And we know you're a journalist, but we're going to send you to First Marine Division. And it's at Camp Pendleton. And I'm like, Camp Pendleton, that's where I'm from. First Marine Division sounds cool, though. So I go there. I go back home and I go check in on my unit and I find out it's an infantry unit so I still ended up with the infantry on top of everything not all journalists get to do that but I still yeah. ended up with the infantry on top of that so I'm like a hybrid like all I know is the infantry life but I was a journalist with them does that make sense
0: so yeah you were um you were what I you and I have a lot of similarities I had something like that happen to me where I was where's your where's your job I'm artillery gunner I'm triple oh,
1: oh, artillery okay
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but like in Canada and then, well, not even in England yet, they're just starting it now in England and they're just starting it in the States and the Marines, actually one of the first female courses is just graduating. But in, in Canada, we allow women on the front lines. We have from the beginning period. Yeah. So we have women infantry, we have women armored, we have women uh, artillery. And so I went, I'm five foot, the rounds weigh a hundred pounds. I weigh a hundred pounds. And when I went to the recruiting office, I was like, I want to be infantry. And they're like, you're too small. And I was like, okay, what do you think I should do? They're like, you should go artillery. And I was like, Okay, cool. I love to blow things up. Let's do it. So I went artillery. We learned on the smaller guns. And then we deploy. I deployed with a French unit, by the way, from Quebec. I didn't speak the language. So that's cute. And then I go. uh, I've lost a lot of it. Yeah. Wait. Un um, Oh. Uh, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> wait. May we? May we? Uh, because what happened was I. I. Everybody does their basic training in Quebec, which is a French-speaking province. Yeah. It's like our second language. But what had happened yeah. was I went all the way out did all my training, and then I got we got asked to go with. Uh, they were deploying next, and so they needed people from grad. So they pulled me and yeah. five speaking dudes. And none of them spoke French and all the French unit didn't speak English. So it was a real learning curve as to like, I had to learn all the new systems. I just learned in English, in French. When I deployed, we deployed to Ramrod because they had no artillery guns and the Canadians were with them. And then I got borrowed by the British. So I got told, Hey Burns, guess what? You're going on a fun operation by yourself with the black watch and the 3rd Battalion from Scotland. And you're going to go out on foot wow. and you're going to play infantry with them. And you're going to go be their female searcher. So like, not wow. my job, but I got attached to somebody because they thought, you know, you can do the job. You can run. You can, like you said, you can run, you can move quick. You can do your things. So we're just going to, we're going to stick you with them because that you're the best option for that. And so I have a similar outlook to you as to what it's like to be, hey, this is what I thought it was going to be. And then, oh, you no, know, this is what it really is going to be. And so it was an interesting dynamic. And I think that's where... Uh, I, I see similarities in us. I like that you're able to kind of go with the flow and pick, you know, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I go to do my school. This is what my mindset is. But now they think I'm good enough to go do X, Y, and Z. So it's almost like a weird compliment in a, in a way that the military is saying, like it's you're crazy. good enough to do both, which I think is great. So when when you look back- at you know first... being in- a... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, so, you know, being in in, an embed, it's a different life. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you feel like the unicorn of the, of the battalion or the, uh, that's what you guys call battalion. Okay, uh, the yeah, battalion de- and stuff I think like that.
0: that's yeah. I was with a regiment for my artillery. Oh, my, regiment. My regiment, okay, regiment. And like my gun troop. So there was like Alpha, Bravo, Charlie yeah. troop, and then there was yeah. like the battery R. So the battery of guns, and then there was split. Oh, the battery. Oh. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, and then like two guns, two guns, and two guns, because every artillery gun has uh has a partner. You never go with just one yeah. gun. You always go with two. So we were battery R, and we were troop Alpha, and we had two guns at ramrod, and then yeah. So I know what it's like, and I, it, when you feel like you're the unicorn, it's weird, right? Mm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so crazy. I I loved it. And I hated it because it was like, um, because I was with, excuse me, because I was with infantry, I did a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do. Um, yeah, because I had to do stuff like write memorial stories anytime Mm -hmm. one of the troops passed away. And it's crazy because like, you're on foot with the dude patrolling for 15 hours. You know what I'm talking about? Foot patrols and things like that. Mm -hmm. You're patrolling, with the same dude, you know what I mean? And then you find out that on another patrol, he gets killed and, and yeah. then now you have to write their story. So now the other infantry dudes that survived him, they see me show up putting a microphone in their face, asking yeah. them how they feel about their buddy passing away. They hated me, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I had to do that because because that is what the, that is my job and that was the order. But it's crazy because like after deployment, then they loved me because I was the person that kept their memory alive in that article, in that photo. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like a catch-22.
0: It's like an it's a weird honor to be bestowed on someone to be able to write someone's life and their last moments to the rest of the world and what they're going to be uh, remembered for. But it's a it's a flip coin situation where I know what it's like if somebody were to have come up to me after my operation and said, "How do you, well they did how how are you doing?" It's like I want to punch yeah. you square in the face. Do not mm-hmm. talk to me right now. So you are in a really precarious position um, that you're put in, but in a weird way, I wonder if it helped you with your writing. I wonder if it helped you with your mindset and seeing people in a different light and how you could maybe portray their life uh, on paper and in in words rather than just you, cause you never know when somebody is being given that job, if they don't want to do that job, how good of a job are they actually going to do on behalf of that person that just passed away?
1: Well, yeah, no, when I say I don't want to do it, um
0: it's a hard job to I do mean,
1: yeah it was because it's a hard job to do and it's just like i already felt alone because i was a unicorn but it's yeah. like okay here comes this this embed messing up our whole chemistry here and then yeah. on top of that oh now this embed is asking us questions about smuckatelli we call him smuckatelli smuck private smuckatelli or whatever his name is because um he has to do an, a memorial art article on him and stuff like that and um they're like now i really hate you you know what i mean so yeah. it was it was hard and it was a job that i didn't like to do but i did honor them as much as i could in that moment mm-hmm. because i knew i was called to do it
0: that's mm-hmm. a difference
1: it's like i was called to do it so i knew that i needed to do a great job in it regardless right. of if my my personal self or my heart wanted to do it it didn't matter because it needed to be done period Correct. it didn't matter about my it didn't matter what i felt it it, it mattered that that memory was getting uh, carried on for generations and generations through words uh, mm-hmm. and articles and things like that. So I was, it's an honor. It was, it was an honor to actually get to do that. The same with, you know, doing funeral details and stuff. And it's crazy because now that kind of segues into my um, transition into music. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why even in the Patriot, I said, they call it freedom because the fallen troops pay for this. That's why I say that. It's true. And I, when you listen to my music, I will always do it because somebody came to me and was like, you always talk about Marine and military stuff. I'm like, yep, I sure do. And I'm going to tell you why. If, you know, I have songs that are not military but I mostly talk about military stuff because if it wasn't for those guys, I would not be here. It's just you know that simple. So it's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. So why would I, why would I not honor them? Because there's been lots of situations where I'm like, man, why am I here? Because I definitely wasn't the worst Marine, but I wasn't like the best Marine. You know what I mean? I, I feel mm-hmm. like there were some really good. And I know you know what I'm talking about. When you serve with some guy who is just like totally gung ho. He's a soldier. That's what he he's does. Dialed. He's like the greatest. Dialed in. His, his mm-hmm. uniform sharp. He can shoot. Everything mm-hmm. is perfect. And then he gets killed. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Lot. Yeah, and I'm exactly. like, why did they take him? You know, the survivors go, like, why did they take him? Like, I definitely wasn't that that was the man, you know what I'm saying? It's not your
0: time, honey. but
1: yeah, I know it's just it's just hard to, it's hard to live to with to process. It's hard to live with and hard to process. And so, like, I after a lot of soul searching and a lot of years, I realized that I'm here to carry on the legacy of those individuals through music, through spoken word, exactly. through conversations, through podcasts, through interviews. I'm here to do that. I'm here to to talk about all those people who passed away. You know what I mean? And,
0: you, and you're doing a you're doing it, you know, these people like such a service by keeping their memories alive. And I think when people talk about survivor's guilt, that's a hard, that's a hard subject for people who don't understand what that means to have survivor's guilt. I went through it, I still struggle with it. I, you know, and, and if you don't work on it, you don't you don't try to find the positive in it. It will literally swallow you alive. And survivor's guilt is not anything like like you say, it's it's nothing more than like bro like he was dialed he was ready this guy could do everything but like he just happened to step on the ied or he happened to be just standing in that position and it's like why didn't they take me it's like yeah i may not have been the best at this or may i may not have done this but it's like there, there, there was no reason like stepping on an ied and then walking over and then the person behind you hitting and it. it's like well there's no other reason than either maybe mechanics or like t- terrible wiring by the taliban or you know just just other circumstantial situations that you could not control but unfortunately And fortunately for us, you are still here because you are getting the time now and you're using it so wisely or you are using it to honor people in a way that no one does nobody talks about the dead the way I've heard you guys you and tofer and and your crew talk about them in your music and I think music stands the test of time written words spoken words stands the test of time there are songs that I listened to from when I was a kid that when I still listen to them they give me that feeling I can smell being in the transport with my dad I can feel I can hear the truck boom I can feel it and there's something about music that keeps memory alive and I think when people bring it up to you and they're like hey why do you always talk about military? It's like, bro, this is with my life. You may hear it on the news. You may see it when somebody comes back, but you, you don't know what it's like to say, Hey, I had a conversation with that guy about his wife that morning. And then I came back and next thing I know I'm picking up his body pieces. There is a conversation that is not happening in our world right now about our vets and what we are going through and how we are going through and the lack of support. And if it means that, Somebody had the talent and the ability through music to go ahead and take that and run with and keep those memories alive. I am telling you right now, those families that you're talking about, they will do nothing but thank you down the road because you will keep that person's name alive for the end until literally the end of time. I just... It's respected. It's, it's respected. It's hard. I, I, I hear you, but like, I want you to know that how important that is because people don't get the recognition long-term people will talk about that person for like, I see on average, like the five to 10 year point when you're done deploying and then people, you see their lives move on and you say they have kids and they do this and they do that but there's something about people who are like, you know what? I can move on in my life. I can better my life. I can do things. I can surprise everybody who thinks I'm not going to do anything outside the military. But at the same time, I can still honor the people I was with because that just cause they died there doesn't mean they stay there. They stay with you, whether you like it or not. Oh, babe. This is, it's, <laughs> yeah. You did not see this coming. Did you? Huh? No, No, I, I think it's more, I think what you do is more important. Oh, babe. I just want you to know that what you do is don't, don't be sad. I hope those are tears of joy because I want you to know that what you do holds weight long-term. Like this is not something that, you know, it's one thing to be a billboard artist. It's one thing to be this big rapper. It's, it's this one thing to be this, this leader in your group, but you've been through hell. You've seen what hell is. You've looked it in its face. And you've decided instead of running and hiding and suffering, you honor the absolute hell out of those that went through hell with you. You should know that people thank you for that. Oh, babe, listen, you know, I don't want, I don't want to make you sad. I don't want to make you upset. I just want you to feel and know that it's okay to feel that what you're feeling is okay. There is nothing wrong with the emotion. It's the, you know, what the problem is, is when I see the dudes who I have these conversations with and they're all like, yeah, I deployed, it was hard. What do you want to talk about next? It's like, tell me how you feel about that deployment. Tell me what that did to you. Because people in our world are struggling on a level with mental health that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to feel, everyone wants to just sit there and just absorb. And I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, why are we having, people kill themselves every day in droves. Why are we having mothers commit suicide on a high, high rate right now? It's because we're locked in our homes. We're not being allowed to see our friends and family. We are not looking after one another and we're not looking after our mental health because the media is making it seem like our mental health does not matter right now. So feel what you're feeling, let it happen. No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm letting it happen. I, I let it happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't expect that, that came out of nowhere. Um,
0: I do yeah, that. Yeah, it to just people.
1: gets me emotional. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I just well, I'm I'm glad you relate to it. It's just it's uh it's hard. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. It's it's hard sometimes, but um yeah, I'm 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 a big proponent on uh mental uh, health and suicide prevention. As you see, I go live every single day. Yeah, at the same time every day to provide that camaraderie. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it runs over and things like that, because I just, I really want to talk to those individuals. I had another guy, I had a guy the other day, he was talking about, he had nobody to talk to when he has PTSD. And it was just a blessing to be able to connect with him and be mm-hmm. that person that could talk with him, even though he's isolated in his spot, cause he felt like he had no family and no friends or anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to connect man to man and, and to um, show emotion and show a high level of emotional intelligence. Um, that's some good training if you guys haven't done it do emotional intelligence training Mm y'all um it was a great thing because i feel like we're breaking the stigma we're breaking um the stereotypes of what a veteran what a military man or woman is because a lot Mm -hmm. of people think oh tough 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 shooting 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 yeah that stuff happens but you know i mean you After a while, you know, your real human emotions get to you. We're not robots. We're supposed to feel, we're supposed to cry, we're supposed to laugh, we're supposed to scream, we're supposed to get mad, we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to do all these type of things. And unfortunately, living the military life, you can suppress and push down all those emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy for you. And that's why it manifests in other things later down on the line, whether it might be uh, domestic violence Uh, Mm -hmm. military sexual trauma, uh, that type of stuff happens. Alcohol
0: abuse, drug abuse. Alcohol abuse,
1: suicide, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, domestic domestic violence uh, and abuse. Um, So uh, financial problems, um, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have, I feel like the first thing we need to do in our first line of defense is keep that strong bond with our military brothers and sisters and keep that going. Um, And after we have that communication, Um, just look in deeper into ourselves and be real with ourselves, look ourselves in the mirror and be like, Hey, Hey bro. Hey sis. I'm not all right. I need help. Yeah. Like where, where can I go?
0: There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong. We have to be real with ourselves. And I feel like because we haven't been real with ourselves, that is the reason why we have, had so many issues and so many problems. Yes, the Veterans Affairs and hospitals and things like that, do they need improvements and stuff? Yeah, for sure. We can improve here and there. We can always improve stuff, but we can't go blaming all these corporations and these nonprofits and these hospitals and stuff for our issues if we're not willing to start at home, start at home yeah. base, talk with other veterans. You know, that's why. I st- I, that's why I started the suicide prevention uh, live for 22 minutes every single day. I started it because I was done working with you know, nonprofits, uh, hospitals, uh, mm-hmm. companies, organizations. I don't, have to, I don't wanna have to tell somebody else they have to wait to get some help. Because mm-hmm. I remember I was in the VA, right? And I said, hey, I'm not all right. Mentally, I'm having issues. I have these memories and stuff, dreams and yeah. stuff. I don't wanna have them. They were trying to put me on psychotropics. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. <clears throat> excuse me, nothing wrong with medications and psychotropics and things like that, if, if that works for you. But the reason why I didn't take them wasn't because I, I, I just didn't take them and I had them. I didn't take them because they never called me back. It was three months. What? And I was like, yes. So I was like, I could have killed myself or something Easy. in that time. Easily. And and, and and then and then, you know, it's documented that I, I went to that hospital, you know, because they write everything down and they, yeah, and they yeah. log everything and then they put it in the computer that like I had these visits and stuff. And they would have been on them. You know what I mean? Because they didn't follow through with that medication that they said they're going to give me. And I, I know I'm not the only one. And because I know oh, I'm not God, the only now. one that had situations like that. I'm not going to complain and be like, woe is me. Because I don't have no victim mentality. If you heard my music, you know, I'm I'm never a victim, you know. No, Uh, I hear you. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, if I had that problem, other people having that problem. And I don't want them to have to wait like I did. Yeah. You know, it was messed up that that happened to me. But I'm not going to blame it on anybody else. And I'm not going to blame uh, blame my situations and circumstances and stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the change. And I'm going to provide that platform. I'm going to talk to my fellow veterans. Because I feel like we are our first line of defense, like I said, if we as veterans talk to each other, I feel like a whole bunch of stuff is going to change. We can make music if we want. We can be podcasters if we want. We can be interviewers if we want. We can do whatever we want in our life. We just have to have our heads screwed on straight. And sometimes all it takes is the conversation between two veterans to feel better. And sometimes it might not take medication.
0: Yeah. No, it might not take medication. And you're so right. There are instances, of course, where medication may be the option to getting that person level enough to start having that conversation with them to get their psyche in enough of a place where they can have that. I was in that situation where I was sent home to the hospital, put on drugs, enough drugs that would take a 250 pound man down and then was flown home through Dubai, Heathrow, Toronto to Quebec landed in the airport at two in the morning by myself doped out of my mind no idea where to go then told by the time I got back go to the hospital that's where you're to report then no one contacted me for six months Wow. so this happens to everyone anytime you show a bit of weakness in the military you show any sort of PTSD or you show anything and they think okay you know what There's no chance we can keep that person. They just, you're a number. And that's okay. If I knew I was going to be just the number, I would have approached the project and the way that I did everything differently, but I didn't. I was told they were going to back me up. So it's like you said, I can either sit there, I can keep taking it and I can just sit there and wallow in myself or I can find something to hold on to, grab that little piece of rope that's left hanging and start pulling myself out of the mud, having conversations, open dialogue, but not just conversations, real, honest, truthful, raw, painful, very often incredibly painful conversations. That is the difference is we're seeing now with social media, we're seeing now with beautiful, beautiful examples like you, like Topher, like many, like uh, Evan Hafer, like all of these special ops guys, all of these different great communities, Griff at combat flip-flops, you get all of these different communities of these vets who have been through something serious and they all go reaching out to each other going we don't want to lose anymore we don't want to have this conversation where we have to hear about another one of our buddies because somebody couldn't get to him in time it's like well when you were shooting the shit with him and you were having beers six weeks ago why didn't Mm -hmm. you just be like bro how are you doing like separately like truthfully how are you because that is a conversation that is needed to be started and it feels like it's finally getting momentum Mm -hmm. whether you are I've had this conversation before. I keep bringing up Topher, but like whether you are conservative or you're a Republican, or whether you are, you know, into this liberal, type of music. liberal
1: or Democrat. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know you guys and your Americans. Um, whether you, yeah, guys are enough, <laughs> y'all are weird. I just, I just, oh, I, I, yeah. Saw it's like it it's like two. It's
1: it's two. It's conservative and liberal. Like that's is what that, they call it. Is
0: so, that what it is? Okay, yeah, my so, apologies then for my Well, me, me
1: and Topher, no, you're all good. It, me and Topher are more on the conservative side, and Correct. liberal is is more like you know the BLM and all that.
0: Yeah, that's stuff. what we have up in Canada. We have liberal and we have and we have conservative, and I hate both. So there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're very, they're awesome. me, they're very aware of it. So we're all we all know. But I think what you're doing for our vet community, like I said, you could have chosen to just break. You could have taken the meds, numbed yourself out and never, ever felt the need to work on yourself. We would never have had the music we have now in our world. We would never have had this incredible person that's sitting here with me, sharing the truth and the honesty of what really needs to happen to make that difference. I know I see you go live every day. I see you go live every day. I see you chat with people. You're always got new people in there. And here's the difference between you and somebody else who's blown up. You take the time to have the real conversations with these vets. You take the time. Like you said, you heard about this guy. He had no one to talk to. Felt like he was alone. You could have been like, you know what, buddy? I'm doing this. I got this going. I'm worried about me. I'm focused on me. But instead, you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take the time for you. And be- that right there could have been the reason that that guy's not dead right now. Truthfully, honestly, no exaggeration, no drama. That's just the truth. That's just the Kelsey, truth. Why
1: you got to be so deep?
0: <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> a deep, so deep? I'm a deep soul. I can't. see. I see it. I see it. People are all like, you know what, like you got a jewelry company and a sunglass company, but like, uh, you know, what, do you have any soul? I'm like, no, I'm completely dead inside. But here's the difference B- between <laughs> 2009 to 2021, I have done so much therapy and so much treatment and, and work on myself and gone and done psilocybin and ayahuasca and sat with the motherly medicine. And I've heard the things and I've been able to finally look inside of myself and go, nah, enough. This is enough. I'm not letting these demons hold on to me anymore and keep dragging me down because what is that going to do? What am I going to be able to do for my community if I'm no longer here anymore? True.
1: True. Right.
0: It's just I'm glad, it's I'm it glad you down did to, too. yeah. And I'm, I'm stoked. I did too. And thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But your music, your music has the legitimately like, your music is really good. Like not, not being like oh, to have you on. Like your music's great. To- you know, Topher and TMR. <laughs> I love your song. You blew up. Like because everybody, like let's put it, let's be honest, let's be truthful here. Patriot put y'all on the map in a big way.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. 100 right? percent because and now, now the industry knows industry knows us yeah we've and me and me and Topher, we've been working together for years upon years and uh yeah they don't understand the idiosyncrasies the technical difficulties we've had the training we record ourselves we do a lot of the engineering separate the audio recordings yeah and you guys and, merge and, and... and yeah and he in and, and you know for example like the patriot on the patriot we weren't in the same city or state or anything like i was That's over right. here on the west coast he's in the south then Natty, uh, who's on the chorus, she's in she's Scotland. In
0: Scotland, <laughs>
1: Scotland, and then uh, Kilovic, the producer, he's in New yes. York. And then we made it happen. We just we we just treated it. We uh, took our military training and just yep. got it done. We're like, okay, next, next. We just used order and discipline and we got it got it done. Um, and then we put it out there to the masses and people love the song. Um, but people don't know, even before the Patriot, we've been practicing this style for years as far as mm-hmm. the, the efficiency in our workflow. We always do that. We always work efficiently like that. We don't get emotional. We go, okay, here, we got the song your turn, your turn to do the verse, your turn to mm-hmm. do the verse. All right. Is it good? Uh, no, it could be better. Okay. Work mm-hmm. and tweak it. And then we get it to where it needs to be. And then we put it out to the masses and then, um, you guys enjoy it. But people only see that one, you know, course. Three, three minute, that three minute moment. And they're like, you know, they're like, I love it or I hate it or whatever, but they don't know what type of blood, sweat, tears goes into it. And the thing is with our music, it's not just something we made up. It's a fact. You can go verify. You can talk to my boys. They know where I was at and. Remember, Mm -hmm. I can talk to you about, I can talk to you about calf. I can talk to you about Bastion because I was actually there. These are all facts. The song is factual and good, you know, because, you know, we have very talented people on there and it did put us on the map. And there's no cussing and it's promoting women to be strong and work. I and, love and that
0: too, but promoting, I, I, yeah,
1: you've heard that part. Yeah.
0: I caught, Oh so. man, I know, I know this. I'm not going to lie. I told, I told 12 two when I interviewed him, I asked him a bunch of questions and he's like, give me some, give me some bars. I was like, no, you don't understand. I wanted to be a rapper <laughs> my whole life. Like you don't understand. I grew up fighting. And when I like, like I used to be a fighter, like uh, a Taekwondo fighter, like I'm a yeah. high level Taekwondo fighter. And so like, not yeah. just like I beat the crap out of people for fun. Like I didn't do that. Um, They chose to get the crap beat out of them for fun that was not my choice I just happened to do it bro I was tight bro I was tight you don't even understand like that was the one thing I can legitimately say I was very good at you know when you're like I was good at things in life and then you're like there's one thing I was good at kicking girls in the face but they chose to do it it was not my choice so (laughs) I I used to listen to ready for this don't you okay you're gonna make fun of me so hard I can't believe I'm gonna admit this but you ready for this you know those Adidas tear away track pants
1: yeah with, okay. the, with the snaps, with the snaps yeah, on the yeah, the snaps it.
0: on the side. Okay, so picture this: picture four foot six, short hair about this. If you're if you're listening right now and you're not watching this, first off, you're doing yourself a disservice massively. But I'm showing. I had about two inch long hair. I wore yeah. a bandana. I had big headphones on and a T-shirt, yeah. and I would had a Walkman. You know the discmans when discmans were cool. Yeah,
1: with the, the yeah. little circle. They, and
0: they skipped and they skipped if yeah. you like hit it or something. And I had like eight mile record in there, and I listened to Eminem, and I knew every word, and I knew I love him. I grew up on him. I I listened to Eminem since I was like. I don't know, 6 years old and they, like I wanted to be a rapper. People in school used to make fun of me. People are like you're you're like you there's no way you're going to do anything and then he's like give me some verses and I was like no I'm a t- I'm so afraid. Shut up. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. No. Hey, no. maybe
1: maybe off air we can hear some some verses but maybe if that's one the case day. we need to get- we need to get you on the track if you've got to yeah, be on track. No,
0: no, that's not my deal anymore. I I mean, my God. But I love your music. And I think the one thing I love so much about the because that's how I found out about you guys was from the Patriot. I wish I would have known before, but you only know when you know, right? So exactly.
1: No, it came at the yeah, right time. It came at the right time. It came
0: at the right time for oh, I think it really came at the right time. I think you guys like that. Couldn't have been like sorry, like I'm it sucks what happened in the Capitol. It's the craziest you know, story. Bro. I you know, you know, we believe. performed. Yeah, yeah, performed yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I knew all about it. I was telling everybody. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, the people I just had on my podcast—they were there. And I was telling the <laughs> story to people. I was like yeah. telling my publicist, and she's like, "Those veterans." I was like, "You shut your mouth." She's like, "No, they weren't yeah. all vets, were they?" I was like, "No, they weren't." But there were some vets that were very mentally unwell, and and there was some vets yeah. that were there doing like the service of just having a conversation, starting a conversation, but anyway, when Patriot came out, it was really funny because my son was in the car when I started listening mm-hmm. to it. Okay. And my son is four and no joke. When my son starts doing this in the back. I like this mom. Oh, I like this. Wow. Mommy. My four-year-old rocks out to Patriot. Like it's no tomorrow. No joke.
1: I love it. My I love it. Four-year-old. The main thing I like about all of this in the success of the Patriot is like those little wins, like that. Not necessarily like it's cool to you know be on charts and the number ones and That's stuff. That's
0: huge. So, like, don't just dist- don't but, don't don't downplay oh, I'm, that oh, I'm success. Not. I'm okay. not. Trust me. Don't you do I, it? Don't do it.
1: No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I love. I love it. Um, but when children like sing along and mm. they're dancing along. And you know you've seen a lot of you saw us on Instagram and stuff. So you saw yeah. a lot of videos we post with the singing and stuff. Um, man, it's special. That means eh? everything. Like they can't. It's way special. They can't. They those kids can't sing those other songs on the number no. one.
0: No, they can't. You, you know what I'm
1: talking about. They cannot. No. The, the, the person who made that song doesn't want their kids listening to it either.
0: Because why would you though? Because then your kid's going to be at school. Just, I'm not even going to say it. Cause I think this is truthfully like the cleanest you know episode I've about. ever, yeah. bro. I think this is the cleanest episode I've ever, you're going to be the only non-explicit on cool. my podcast. It. It's weird.
1: I'll, yes. I, and I want to keep it that way. I want to well, keep it that you, way. Well, you
0: got you, I got you. That's why I'm saying. I'm not going Thank to repeat you. it. Cause like, but that's the truthfulness is we, we expect so much of our artists and our music. And we, and this is, you know, when people make music, like I said, again, it stands the test of time. It's like, well, what you're putting out there can be a way to do it where you can still have the impact and that rawness and that real, just like hit that beat and just have those drops and just those hooks. And you can have all of that, but it doesn't have to be blank this blank that doing this to this and hurt and doing this and doing this to somebody. It's like, I hear more gunshots and rap songs than I heard overseas. Like that's not right.
1: No, it's not. And it is, and it's, um, they're romanticizing it. um, because we, we know being, being in being in firefights and being in in conflict and stuff if you know anything you overseas and you've been in country you know how it actually goes and it's a matter of minutes it's not beautiful it's ugly it's horrible real war is horrible so i mean we have people here in america talking about oh yeah Oh, we're going to bring another civil war. No, you don't, you, you, Bro, want, you don't first know what of all, means. you don't want it. Yeah. You don't want a real war. A real war is not, you don't want these don't vets want to
0: get up to, you don't want these vets who have deployed no. over the past 15 years to start stepping up because we'll show you what a real war is in your country. Nobody wants yeah, that.
1: It, it, it like, and that's what would happen. The vets would, would prevail, um, because oh. we're the most trained and most disciplined and things like that. So like, uh, you know, it, 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 w- it wouldn't be a fair fight at all. And I don't, no. and I don't want it. I don't want that at all. Um, and, I don't think people should call for it either because if you know about the real raw yes. reality of war, you, you, you pray to not have it. No one Nobody wants it.
0: would call for it if they knew what the reality no. was.
1: No, no, not at all. It's horrible. So it's kind of like, I'm just so, I'm just so glad to be back and not in that. And, and that's why, that's why we um, we talk about those positive issues and we're, yes. we're like, it's, it's crazy because me, Topher, Tyson, James, Bryson, um, uh, DQ all of our crew and stuff. Mm -hmm. It seems like we're counterculture because we make clean, sometimes Christian music. We do that in in country music and a whole bunch of different stuff. We'll make music that your kid can sing. And, but we are the ones that are canceled. We are the ones that are censored. So it makes no sense. And I, and the thing is, I'm not mad at anybody else doing their thing or hustling. If you're not hurting nobody, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. But I just don't feel like that. Only that should be out there for your kids. You no, I no, I don't disagree.
0: No, I don't disagree at all. And here's the thing. Like, if, if you were to listen to any of my other episodes, like, you can't listen to them in the car with kids. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's because I have sides to me. And I, but here's the difference. I know when I can be a certain way. And it's not for mm. effect. It's not for that. It's like, if I get chatting with a bunch of my ranger buddies and we just get... Going. Swear Mm. words are coming out, except I say them in French in front of my son instead of English because he's like, I don't know what that means. He doesn't catch on to that. But I don't sit there and cuss out in front of my kid. Like everybody in my family was like, that kid's first word is going to be be a four letter word for sure. That kid's never sworn a day in his Mm. life. And I think there's Mm. value in that. I think there's a time and a place. And when you're making music, you may be the counterculture, but that's why you're going to stand out because nobody else is going to change. You got to want the change. You want to want to bring the change and you got to have an example. So you, you guys are the example. That's the thing. You're at the forefront of what clean music, music that can be Christian related. You're at the forefront of it. Of course, there's nobody else. Everyone's going to hate on you. It's because you're the first to do it. Everyone hates on the first baby. Everyone hates on the first.
1: They they do. And it's crazy. Uh, We got a comment on one of my um, videos and it said, because I just dropped a song called Holy War, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, and it's calling out, you know, the, 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 uh, little Nas X sneakers and, and all oh that my
0: God, <laughs> what is with, <laughs> can we talk about this for a second? We,
1: we, we can, uh, but yeah, let's get into it in a second, but I just want yeah. to say that, like, talk about the comments. So I don't get, let's talk about they're saying, it. They're saying, Hey, it sounds like you're calling out little Nas X, you know, because I came out with shoes as well. Right. I have shoes as well. Yeah, I have my own shoes as well. I worked with the creative team and everything. I have my own shoes as well. Um, and they said if Little Nas X responds, this will be the biggest battle since NWA and and uh, Biggie and Biggie and Tupac and Jay-Z and Nas. It would be because the thing is, is it would just it would it would literally be clean music versus dirty music. Like it would just be a
0: boom, All like it would just be press, an explosion. Baby.
1: But I, and I and I loved it. But uh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about those shoes.
0: What's what's up with your shoes? I checked this out. I saw, I was like, okay, first off, I saw those shoes. I saw his shoes. And I was like, did I read right that he put blood in his shoes? And then Nike straight out was like, We are not affiliated with this. We want nothing to do with this. What was that? Why? What and what sparked your idea to do like a was it like a clean shoe? So you're like, I'm gonna do the drastically different idea than him? Like, explain that to me, please.
1: Okay, I'll explain it. So so mischief is the company that made the shoes right Got and it. they before little nas x um they made a shoe um let me, see, let me see let me look at make sure my uh my battery is good here yeah
0: yeah no so worries sure man you do you make
1: sure i know your shoes i saw
0: some pictures and it was uh your shoe is pretty cute i'm yeah, not if gonna lie to this, you.
1: If you yeah we worked we worked on them i worked with um two other designers like it, it was a team of uh mm-hmm. of three actually um so we worked with a lot of different uh we worked with a lot of different minds on that one uh, i'm just sending hold on do me, you I
0: have tiny people shoes
1: yeah, that's what i was gonna say what size yeah. do you wear
0: i am a six five six <laughs> i'm a child my feet are the you size the of my yeah i have got like the smallest feet in the world
1: so what i was gonna say what, what i was gonna what i was gonna say was um I work with a creative team to create the shoes. The reason why I created the shoes is because I noticed that a lot of my fan base were totally against the Satan shoes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, is like, I'm not, I'm not here about opinion or what I like, because I don't want nobody to censor that, the shoes and his, his art. I don't want nobody to censor that. I don't, I wanted to come up with an alternative. Uh, so I was looking and then as I did some research, I realized that mischief, the same company that made his collaboration shoe, yep. they actually made a Jesus shoe with Holy water in the soul oh,
0: years what? earlier.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I was like, okay, well, I can't do a Jesus shoe because it's already been done. So I can't do that. Um, and plus that wouldn't really be aligned with who I am as a person specifically, because I don't okay. feel like I'm, 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 you know, i'm i'm religious i'm I'm spiritual and stuff like that but i don't feel like me as a person i'm not like a preacher or anything so i didn't want to be like holier than thou and like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i didn't want to come off like that i respect
0: that Um, i think that was a good you know what i'm saying
1: i just keep it i just keep it real i just keep it real i keep it real um so i'm just like oh, i'm not i don't feel like i'm in the position and i and i consulted a lot of my friends who are very strong in faith and stuff and i was like i need i need to talk to you guys because i need to figure out where I should go with this. And then I just started doing a lot more research and digging back into a lot of, uh, the scripture and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I relate mostly with King David, uh, because he was a musician. Um, but also he was, everybody knows he wasn't perfect too. So I, you know what I mean? So I relate to him. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the whole David Goliath type of thing and all that. Got Um, and I was like, wow, I can, I can theme it after him because they had one on Jesus. They had one on the devil. And I was like, this is some, they, they, right now they need a warrior. They need somebody to wear the armor of God. That's you know right. what I mean? So that's that's why you see my merchandise says armor of God on it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, in, in Ephesians 6, 11 through 15, I will paraphrase it, but it basically says, in, uh, you wear, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be prepared for all of the wiles of the devil. So you'll be prepared for a fight or a battle, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, I relate with Ephesians 6, 11 through 15 perfectly, that's the perfect verse. Um, King David inspiring the shoe is huge too. So if you look on the shoe and mm-hmm. I, I released the picture, if you look on the shoe, the laces are made out of red leather, okay? Oh. And then if you look on, yeah, red leather uh, at, for, the sl- for the sling. And if you look on there, I actually have a uh, stone, stone mm-hmm. uh, jewels. Uh, coming up as well. I
0: saw that
1: yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) you you, you went all out you went like what I would have done you like we're like you know I'm gonna make a shoe no I'm gonna make a shoe
1: a shoe yeah Yeah, we we want we want we we want to do something yeah you can zoom in on that but we wanted to make something that was high quality we didn't want to be like oh this is our this is our rebuttal to the devil shoe no we didn't want to do that we wanted to make something that was representative of me and was real that I would be Mm -hmm. proud to wear and that I would have everybody else uh, Mm Where, but also be symbolic of multiple different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why you see we made 77 pairs and we wanted to do the triple seven to have that type of like, you know, the positive uh, effect on people, you know, and and provide an alternative, you know, for people. Um, Not saying, hey, you don't, you know, censor them or cancel them. We wanted just to provide an alternative for people so they can be like, hey, I don't like this, but I like this and I can go with this. So that is, that is why, that's why we made the shoes, but we we put the red leather for the sling of David. Mm -hmm. We put the uh, stones on there. So we can Mm -hmm. also say kick rocks, get it? I see that, yeah, I love
0: that, yeah. Kick Um, rocks, then laces, Then I have a a replica
1: of, the replica of my gold chain. Uh, My pendant that I wear is an eagle. And I wear an eagle because it reminds me of the military. Um, And also I love the story of the bald eagle. Uh, I'll, I'll get into it really quick. So the bald eagle, Oh man, I love them because I feel like I'm on a second life. And so like, I relate to them because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm on my second life. So bald eagles go throughout their life, half of their life doing one thing. So half of my life was military, right? Right. Now I'm on my second life and they have a choice. So w- once they hit you know, around like 30 something or 40, right. Mm-hmm. They, their beak, their, their beak starts to deteriorate. So they can choose to die or they can choose to break off their beak and leave it, or they or eagles can choose to break off their beak and live in the mountains until their beak regenerates and then Mm -hmm. after they're done growing their beard out they can uh, not beard after (laughs) after the (laughs) eagles are done not beard uh that's i'm talking about vets now anyways so basically what i'm saying is eagles have two lives their first Mm -hmm. lives are flying around everything's good their beak is intact everything's good then their beak starts to deteriorate and stuff and they can choose it's a crossroads they can choose to break off their beak And then go high up into the mountains and then grow it back out and begin their second life or they can choose to die. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I relate to an eagle because I could choose uh, suicide like most vets do Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: I can choose to live another life and be another person and a new reformed being. So me being a rapper now is my second life. Um, so I that eagle that. means so much to me. And that's also a representative of another moniker of God, which is most high because eagles are high up there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, symbolism and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, meanings in the design of the shoe. We wanted to make sure that we thought it out well. So it's like, wow, I, I really enjoy the thought that was put into it and and also the quality. It's uh, of red leather laces and everything and we've already mm-hmm. sold shoes <laughs> we've already sold, sold a lot of shoes already um, Congratulations! I'm, so thank you um I'm going to look into making smaller sizes I made a post yesterday uh because a lot of women and uh kids were saying they that wanted is... it um yeah yeah so I have to talk back with the team we're gonna to have to adjust things because it's going to be at a lower price point because mm-hmm. it's a smaller shoe so it mm-hmm. will be a little bit cheaper but nice. we'll get back to everybody on 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 that shoe but those shoes are available at themarinewrapper.com as yeah, well, we'll share as for you oh, I really appreciate that. And then also we have the merch that says armor God. And then we have another, uh, lower price point, uh, merch that says most high for like kitties and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you want to do that and and, like little stickers and stuff. And, and I told people like, I'm not forcing anybody to buy anything. If you can't afford that, you know, like a share or comment on my video, uh, listen to us for free on Spotify. Listen, keep Mm -hmm. playing the Patriot, share the Patriot and share, um, share a holy war with friends and things like that. We're down for that, but we're not you know, telling people they have to buy anything. But if you would like to support us in our journey and, and that type of stuff, you can. Uh, but we just love the love and we love the support, even if it's a, a free uh, play on Spotify or YouTube and stuff like that. So uh, that's why we put so much thought into everything that we do, because we love our fan base. We love the support. We love the veterans. We love civilians. We love uh, military wives and spouses as men and women. We love all of y'all and we just always want to show our support. And so that's why we always put everything we have into our music and our merchandise.
0: Well, I know, I know from listening, like I said, from getting to know you, from getting to know Topher, from getting to know the people you surround yourself with, the guys that you've made music with, the people, that time that you take out of your day to get online, to be there for others, to make sure you're there. You, 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 you make the effort. You, you don't just put up, You actually do it. You put your money where your mouth is. You make the effort into making this world a better place by using your music to not only honor those that have passed that you've been with, but you're honoring yourself. You're honoring yourself TMR, I want you to know that you are honoring yourself by waking up every day, getting on that mic, making that music, putting the effort in and showing what it means to not be a quitter, to not be a victim, not to lie down, being the warrior in your own life. And that is exactly why we are fans of you here at Brass and Unity. And that's why my listeners are fans of yours. That's why I'm a fan of your music. My four-year-old loves your music. My husband loves your music. My family loves your music. I want you to know that we are here for you we are for it we're gonna be for it we're gonna support it we're gonna do as much as we can in Canada to get people up here knowing exactly who you are because your voice needs to be heard it is making a positive difference in not only the veteran community but also in the community that supports veterans that is around veterans that has to see the ugly side of what a vet has to go through you're giving an outlet and you're giving a time to sit and have a conversation with someone and the fact that you do that that speaks volumes and so to me just having your music in this world, you. Don't need to do anything else. You don't need to try to be anybody else. You are doing exactly what you should be and are put on this earth to do. And I am so grateful, TMR, for having you on. I'm so grateful for you being honest, raw, and open because that is what my show is about. That's what it will continue to be about is talking to people that make the difference in their lives, that are warriors in their lives and that have been through hell and back and deserve every second of attention that you were getting. You soak it up, you absorb it, you manifest it and you move on and you keep killing the way you are because you are going to only do great things in this world. And I have honestly enjoyed every single minute of talking to you. We'll continue to check in with you. We'd love to have you on again. Every time you've got a new record coming out that you want press, on you hit us up brass and unity is always going to be here for you i'm here for you you ever need to talk you hit me up i got you i'm always here please keep doing what you're doing drop your instagram handles for all my people that i need to hear this please
1: thank you so much i really appreciate the kind words and man you dig deep (laughs) but if you guys wanna find The Marine Rapper, you can find The Marine Rapper everywhere at The Marine Rapper, and you could find everything else on themarinerapper.com. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for having me and also promoting and supporting not only veteran artists, but also veterans. It means a lot, uh, you know, because it's, it's hard for us to get a platform a lot of times because of politics and stuff. So
0: I'm the always fact here. that
1: you, yeah, I appreciate it. And the fact that you would, you know, be that trailblazer and really showcase the people who were being the first at this um, new music wave means a lot. So we appreciate you so much. Thank you.
0: No worries. And listen, everyone, I want you guys to go and please check out uh, not only the Patriot, but please go check out, you know, TMR's incredible new record. You know, you've got some amazing music. He's got some great shoes. He's got, what he is doing is going to do nothing but better our world. So please go check it out. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to this episode. And we will be back with you next week. See ya.